I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 264 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an incredible guest to bring you guys today. He is one of the few running backs in history to rush for 2,000 yards in a single season. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion and a Super Bowl MVP as well. Terrell Davis will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And Terrell Davis is the eighth NFL Hall of Famer that I've had the honor of speaking with here on the podcast. And my third just this month, back on episode 254, I was joined by Hall of Fame wide receiver and Heisman Trophy winner, Tim Brown. Last week on episode 259, the hardest hitting safety of all time, Ronnie Lott joined me here on the show. And next week, we're going to take a trip back to the secondary with another NFL Hall of Fame legend, Mike Haynes will be joining me here next week. Mike is considered by many football experts to be the best cornerback in the history of the NFL, so do not miss out on that one. Other NFL dads that you can hear on the podcast here, if you go through the archives of the show, include Deion Sanders, Kurt Warner, Andre Reid, Willie Rofe, and Morton Anderson, all here talking about fatherhood and family life. But as for today, we are focused on the offense. Terrell Davis is a first-class father who you can see on the NFL Network. His Hall of Fame speech was just awesome, and it's very cool that I have the opportunity to speak with him and so many other incredible dads on this show, and I owe that all to you listeners out there. I cannot say thank you enough for all of your support. Tomorrow on the podcast, I'm going to be joined by a true American hero, retired Navy SEAL Master Chief and Medal of Honor recipient, Ed Byers, will join me here. And guys, there are only seven Navy SEALs who have ever received the Medal of Honor. You can hear from two of them right here on the show talking about fatherhood and family life. Tomorrow, Ed Byers, and last week, of course, legendary Navy SEAL Mike Thornton stopped by. So to say that I'm humbled is an understatement, and if you guys can help me spread the word about this podcast, I would really appreciate it. Let every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with NFL Hall of Famer Terrell Davis. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Nothing beats an American flag made in the USA, right? Well, how about an American flag made in the USA by veterans out of duty-worn fatigues from all branches of the military? That is exactly what you get with combat flags. Combat flags are handcrafted from duty-worn fatigues and offer a tangible piece of freedom to the American people. Each flag is accompanied by a professionally designed and printed card that tells the story of service of a soldier, marine, airman, sailor, or coastie who wore the fatigues used to make the flag. They are the real deal, Dad, so what are you waiting for? Visit CombatFlags.com and use the promo code FATHER, and First Class Fatherhood listeners will save 10% off their purchase. Veteran-owned, American-made. CombatFlags.com, promo code FATHER. All right, joining me now is a first-class father. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion. He was the MVP of Super Bowl 32, and in 1998, he was the NFL's most valuable player. He was selected to the NFL's 1990s All-Decade team. He is in the Denver Broncos Ring of Fame, and of course, he is enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It is so cool for me to say, Terrell Davis, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, I appreciate that. I've been never... Never called that before, so it's uh, it's an honor to be called a first class father. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? 
I have uh, three kids. I have an eight-year-old son, a six-year-old son, and a uh, four-year-old daughter. Uh, my oldest is eight. His name is Jackson. My middle kid, his name is Miles, and my daughter' name is Dylan. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I have three boys myself. Then we got the girl on the fourth try. If we didn't get her on four, we'd have five by now over here. Yeah, we would have stopped by then. I think um, we were rolling the dice on number three, and, you know, there could have been another boy. And I told my wife, I said, are you sure you want another child? Because you got to be prepared for it to be either uh, you know, another boy. And if it's another boy, that means that that's it. You know, we're not, we're not going for that girl. So thank God uh, when we had our gender reveal party, it, uh, the little balloons and the confetti came out was pink, and we were we were ecstatic about that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, what what type of sports or activities you got them into? Yeah, so my uh, they play everything. My oldest son, uh, Jackson, plays. Uh, he's, he's into track, he's into football, plays soccer, basketball. Uh, they played baseball, but, you know, for their age, they're, they weren't as interested in baseball. Um, then my middle son plays the same same sports. He's basketball, track, football, uh, and soccer. My daughter is her first year the first year playing track. Uh, not playing track, um, playing soccer. And uh, so next year she'll be running track and doing all the other sports. So we try to keep them as busy as possible, put them in all the sports, and, and see which ones stick. Yeah, I hear that. Do you, do you get involved with coaching at all, or do you like to enjoy all the sports from the sideline? You know, I, I had to – you know, I, I try to watch it from the sideline, but, you know, we've had some, some interesting things that happen with our coaching, so I've had to step in a few times to, to be the coach. And just like this season, my uh, my middle son, his coach, was a younger coach, and, you know, he wasn't as experienced. So um, we kind of saw what was happening, and so I kind of inserted myself in there to, to help out a little bit more uh, to give these kids a foundation so they know what's going on. So, yeah, at that times I'll, I'll get in, you know, when I, when I feel like there's a need for it. But uh, I try not to, to have my kids hear my voice at home and on the field. And uh, <laughs> I want them to have a, a coach outside of me. But if there's something that I think they should work on, we'll certainly work on it and I'll give them some tips. But, yeah, I try to I try to stay stay as way, uh, far away from that as possible. But, yeah, you know, a part of me, uh, when I'm watching it, I, I say, man, i got to get out there and, and kind of help not only my kids but the other kids who, um, you know, have a chance to learn something. So, I, you know, I, I try to look at it two ways. But uh, most importantly, I just hope these kids have fun and try to give them some tools to move forward. Yeah, right on with that. Well said. And if you could, Terrell, just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, uh, my background is, I'm, you know, I'm from San Diego, born and raised in San Diego. Um, you know, went to, went to high school there and went to, went to college at uh, Long Beach State. And then Long Beach State kind of uh, folded on me and I went to Georgia. I ended up getting drafted out of Georgia, uh, playing football in the sixth round by the Broncos. Was in Denver for uh, seven years. I played with the Broncos. I was fortunate enough to have won two championships. Um, you know, one of seven backs to rush for 2,000 yards. Um, you know, had uh, a couple of Pro Bowls. I had a really successful career there in Denver, um, you know, playing under Mike Shanahan from 1995 to 2001. And then after that, I retired. Um, another blessing came in 2017 when I was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which was pretty cool. Getting a little jacket, a ring, and a bust. That's in Canton. Uh, but since that time, I've retired. I've been doing work for the NFL Network. I've stayed around football. I enjoyed it. I try to stay active, and uh, not only physically but mentally in a lot of business endeavors. Uh, a company I'm working on now called Defy, uh, which is a CBD. It's a hemp extract company. Um, that we have a drink, we have some tinctures and creams that uh, we're launching 
uh, to help with pain management and uh, swelling inflammation, stuff like that. Uh, that's really been fun to be around. I also have a money management company in Denver called uh, Alpha One Tax and Wealth. And so those two things keep me busy along with my family. And I just, uh, you know, I play golf. I like, I love the game of golf. I don't play as much as I used to play, but I still love golf. <laughs> You know, I, I just can't get enough of it. I just can't get enough time to get out there. But, uh, you know, hopefully I'll uh, be able to work hard, uh, you know, hurt, work hard now and then be able to play a lot more later. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing. Yeah, you've had an incredible career and some, some awesome experiences for sure, Terrell. And what, how did, how, about how old were you when you first became a dad? And how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? I started late, so I'm 46. Now I'll be 47. Ooh, this month I'll be 47 coming up in October the 28th. But yeah, you know, here's here's what I, I realized before I had kids. I left football and I thought that everything I did in football was the pinnacle of my life. You know, playing in the National Football League, winning two Super Bowls, like I mentioned, and then having that euphoric, you know, euphoria of of uh, just being on the top of the world and at your position, being one of the best. In the business, I thought that was I thought that was it, but I, but after you know football had um, had ended, there was a period where I realized that wow I still have a void in my life you know I didn't have a family I wasn't married, and so um, you know I knew there was something missing there. End up getting married, and then you know that was that was pretty cool that was awesome. But then when I had kids, it just gave me a whole new meaning and purpose in life. And ever since I've had my kids, that's been my purpose. My purpose has been to be the best father I could be to them, you know, and they, they've been number one in everything that I've done. And so now it's like, wow, now life has, has a different meaning. There's a purpose in life that I thought I had lost after I well, finished playing football. So, yeah, so when I got my kids, uh, my first child I had when I was I'm 46, what I was, I, I was 38 at the time. Um, yeah, so I was pretty late. I waited uh, you know, pretty late in life, and so, uh, but yeah, that's that's it. Everything I do in my life, I, it, it revolves around my kids. I travel quite a bit, um, you know, which which is hard, but I try to make sure that they're important events that I make it to. You know, Georgia played Notre Dame the other day, and I was in Georgia in Athens, and I was like, man, I, I want to go to the game so bad, but my kids had a football game the next day on Sunday, and Georgia's game was Saturday night at you know they didn't end to midnight on the East Coast, and I live in LA. So I was like, I mean, it really wasn't a hard decision. I'm like, I can go to the game and then miss my kids' game, but that really wasn't an option. So uh, I went to the pre pregame stuff before in Athens and um, was able to get on a flight and make it back home, watch the the second half of the game. But more importantly, I was able to be back here for my kids. So my kids are they're everything to me. I try to make sure my schedule, as busy as it is, I try to make sure that I get to their, to their games and their functions as much as I can. Yeah, that's good stuff, Terrell. And what about as far as discipline? What type of disciplinarian are you as a father? Is it similar to the style that you grew up with with your own dad? My dad was. Uh, my dad wrote the book on dis on discipline. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dad, the NFL season is now upon us, and the Major League Baseball season is winding down. There is no better time to take your kids to the ball game, and first class fatherhood listeners can save twenty dollars off their tickets on SeatGeek.com. By using my promo code First Class, that's one word, First Class. Maybe you want to see a concert or a Broadway show. Save twenty bucks on the tickets on SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code First Class. It's a slam dunk deal, dads. SeatGeek.com promo code First Class. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. 
And what about as far as discipline? What type of disciplinarian are you as a father? Is it similar to the style that you grew up with with your own dad? My dad was. Uh, my dad wrote the book on dis on discipline, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, he was pretty heavy with it. But what I did was um, there was a lot that I learned growing up that I loved, you know, um, that I kind of used a little bit. I mean, obviously, the, the you know, we can't be as physical with kids anymore. Uh, we used to get spankings and whoopings and stuff like that. Can't do that anymore. But still, I was able to take some of the firmness that my dad used. I, I grew up, I have uh, five brothers. Those six boys growing up. And my dad, you know, he had to kind of have that, that stern um, authority. And that's what he did. And so I, so I use a little bit of something from my mom, which is more of the nurturing, and I'll use a little bit from my dad. But I'm, I'm really big, and I'm, I'm very, very big, and I'm strict on, on just listening, right? I'm just like uh, just listening, paying attention, and just doing as I say kind of, kind of stuff. And, then, you know, it doesn't matter because, to me, that's the difference between life and death. For example, if I say stop, and you keep walking, well, what if we're at the train station and I ask you to stop and you just keep walking and get hit by a train? So it, it might, that might sound severe, but that's the way I think. I think, well, if you don't listen in small moments, then you can't, you're not going to listen when it's important. But all that, too, is really from sports. It's all just kind of training discipline in sport that I kind of use as well to, to kind of father my kids. But I'm fair, you know. I'm I'm balanced. I'm fair. I'm not just all hammer. I'm all I'm love. I tell my kids every night before they go to bed, even not even before they go to bed. My kids know if you ask them, you say your dad always asks you to quit this question because I look at my kids and I say, what do you think I'm going to say to you? And they'll say, you love me, and I'm like, that's right, you know. So I want them to know that that I love them, and I tell them that every single day, you know, no matter what, I love you, even when you you know it appears that I'm being hard on you, I love you. So don't think that because I'm I'm being hard on you that I don't love you and that you know you know that I don't like you. No, I do, but that's just the way it is. And so I think my my wife and I I think we struck a pretty good balance with them um, to kind of have them well rounded so they understand structure, they understand discipline, they understand timing, expectations, all that stuff. As we try to work with them on all those uh, different things. Yeah, very well said. I love that philosophy, Terrell. And how about one of the struggles for a lot of us parents out here is all the technology. We're all competing with all the video games and screen time. Uh, is your eight-year-old, is he into playing the Madden, the Fortnite? How do you kind of handle uh, the technology with him? Of course they are. You know, they're like every other kid. They they love the, uh, you know, the games, the Fortnites, and uh, they're playing Minecraft a lot. Um, I don't know why, but they love the Minecraft, and they uh, they definitely love Fortnite. So we try to balance it like this. We 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 never. It's not that we we consider it bad. We just limited their their play time. So during the school week, uh, Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday, really, it's no no video games. Uh, very limited with the with the tablets and iPads and stuff like that. Uh, but during the weekend, we give them some time to play. Not all weekend, but we give them more time to play with their tablets and their iPads because we recognize that. You know, listen. Some of this, a lot of stuff is really good for them. You know, for them to, you know, there's a lot of uh, very educational programs on there. Eye hand coordination, just you know, all this stuff. It helps uh, as long as we don't. They're not sitting on the iPad and the uh, tablets all day. Um, but, but my kids, I mean, we're pretty blessed because they like outdoors. They love to go outside and throw the football around. You know, go play soccer. You go outside, go swimming. So they're 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 again. We try to strike a balance with them with everything they do. It's not just one-sided, and we don't we don't believe in 
taking things away from them so they don't experience it. It's like, yeah, experience the video games. We don't mind you doing it. But, you know, have the tablet. But just be mind that, mindful that you're not going to play with the tablet, you know, for four hours. You know, you have an hour here. We put we put a timer on their uh, tablet during the weekends and uh, let them play with it. And uh, sometimes I get them and play a little Madden with my kids in the, in the house. And they still be, I don't know how they how they're doing it, but they're still beating me. And they're they're eight and six years old. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, we use the video games as a form of currency around here. We can pretty much get them to do anything yeah. around the house if we dangle that carrot in front of them. That's a good. That's a good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, and, and one, one other thing I just wanted to ask you too, just because you said your oldest is playing football, that's another decision that's very difficult for a lot of parents out here. And I love to ask the NFL guys when I have them on here. How, how do you feel about young kids playing contact football, and what's a good age for them to start? I'm, op- you know, what I'm, I'm, I am the ambassador for it. And if you had asked me this question, let's say ten years ago, I may have said that I wasn't uh, uh, totally 100 percent in. And that's because what we have now is we have better understanding of concussions, more so than when I played, obviously. Um, and what I mean by that is when I played a concussion, it literally meant that you had to be knocked out. And then they would say, all right, you can, you're concussed. But if you had you know, spots and you had things where you were kind of a little bit of dizzy, you know, you still were, they would give you the salt and you would go back in. That's one reason that I think we've identified concussions more. I mean, the second thing is that technology has gotten a lot better with helmets. Helmets, um, you know, they've they've got these uh, helmets that are that are now certified to pass certain testing, and the NFL now has their their updated version. A lot of helmets can't even be worn now if they don't meet these standards. I think the third thing is that we teach techniques a lot differently than when I was growing up. It was taught with the helmet. Um, everything was like, you know, see what you hit, use your head to be involved in tackling. They're taking that out of football now. And even from the youth level, they're now teaching the heads-up program, which I love. I think the fourth thing is that we don't hit a lot more anymore. I mean, they just don't, they just don't hit anymore in practice. You know, when I used to play, we used to have drills that were – they weren't really football drills. They were just toughness drills. And so you, you have all those thousands of repetitions uh, with toughness drills and practice uh, from the time you're a little kid till the time you're a, a professional, that's a lot of banging for for a player to go through in in, a, in your lifetime. So they've reduced all of that. It's no longer um, that kind of uh, hitting. So with all those different steps and, and measures, uh, the NFL is safer. My kids, they don't play tackle now, uh, not because I don't want them to, because I've asked them, I say, do you want to play? My oldest kid, Jackson, says uh, last year he didn't want to play, but he wants to play this uh, upcoming year. Not this year, but I guess next year when they play uh, tackle. He wants to play tackle, and I'm going to let him play. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, talking about hard hitting and, and all that stuff, I just did an interview with Ronnie Lott and talking about toughness. And he cut his finger off there at halftime one time just to finish playing the game. So uh, it's definitely different the way it is today. Yes, indeed. I don't know about that one. I know he wanted to play in that game, but wow. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Uh, well, you've had an amazing career here. You're having some success off the field as well. What are your goals or plans for the future here? You know, I think my number one goal was always, for me, it's just to be the best dad that I can be. You know, I have uh, been blessed to have three beautiful, um, healthy kids, and so um, I know that I have the uh, – you know, I guess I used to say it's not even a it's not a burden it's not even a responsibility, um, but that's like I said my love for my life you know are my children, and you know be the best dad I can be and, and hopefully put them uh, in a right situation put them in a position to be successful 
and just kind of you know, make sure that I, I'm the best that I can be with them. Uh, on the business side, you know, I don't, I don't know with that. I just, you know, the things that I'm involved in, hopefully they work out, and we're putting a lot of time and effort into those things. But, um, you know, the, the ideal world would be to be able to have my kids grow up and then to be able to hand them off uh, some business that I've already started so that they can kind of grow it even further and, and kind of, uh, you know, live this the, the legacy of, of uh, what we've already started for them. Yeah, that's an awesome vision. All right, last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Terrell, I love to ask all the dads that get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new father or for that about-to-be dad who's out there listening? I would say get all the sleep you, that you can get, man. Get all the rest <laughs> that you can get. It is a, uh, it's a beautiful time, uh, but there's just so many hidden things that I didn't even know. Uh, and you don't realize when you have a child, it is relentless, the amount of, of energy and um, effort because – they don't. They don't. Your world uh, totally changes because everything revolves around them. So uh, just make sure that you take care of the wife. Make sure that she has her her rest. Uh, make sure that you you're there for her. And uh, don't you know? Don't don't think that you're the one that's going that that's got it bad. Uh, you know, because the wife, uh, man, I commend what they do. Uh, the time that is put in for these children, the amount of uh, in, you know effort that they have to put in, and it's it's 24 hours a day. So. Be there for your wife and make sure you try to you kind of take that, that burden off of her. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. i got to say, Terrell Davis, you're a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Terrell Davis for giving me a few minutes of his time. How awesome was that? Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, and drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Locking in for tomorrow, we got a very special Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Retired Navy SEAL Master Chief Ed Byers, who received the Medal of Honor for his actions in Afghanistan, is going to be here with me. Locking in. You do not want to miss out on that one. And follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out all the guests that will be joining me here on the podcast next week. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a tree, and a soft feeling so.